Welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. It is a pleasure to be with you once again. And it is an exciting time to be with you because the Grizzlies are playing some fun basketball. And I figured that if we're going to talk about some fun basketball, I'm going to invite a guy on who I've had fun getting to know. His name is Jesse Sinquini. He writes for Grizzly Bear Blues, but also is a very talented writer for Celtics blog, as well as the Knicks wall. A very, very talented writer from the Northeast who looks at basketball from a statistical perspective, which we all know that I really, really love. But his name is Jesse Sinquini. Jesse, how are you today, sir? I'm doing great, Sean. Thanks so much for having me on. I've been a longtime listener. Ah, I appreciate that. Well, I, we, I will say that I've been a longtime follower of yours. Uh, you came on with Grizzly Bear Blues uh, during the last hiring process last year. Uh, but since then, uh, I have written for the Playgrounder. I've gotten It seems the way that I've been able to follow where you wrote, and I mean this as a compliment, Jesse, is that it's been others who have come out and said, look at the article by this guy here. And so that's the ultimate compliment, is that if you have multiple people from multiple places being like, here, look at his work, that certainly shows some great work, and you certainly do offer that. Wanted to bring Jesse on because, you know, he is one of the more knowledgeable folks on the Grizzly Bear Blue site when it comes to, you know, the East Coast, and that's where the Grizzlies have been having a lot of their success and so you know we want to make sure that you also know you can find the show at Locked on Grizz myself at Stats SAC this show is brought to you by Locker Room changing the way that we talk about sports tonight's Let's Talk Grizzness show will be on the Locker Room app at five o'clock so make sure to join us then but let's get right to it Jesse so this Eastern Conference road trip and and I'll go back to the Boston game where and I know that you know you are a fan of Boston. You know though you cover them, the Knicks and the Grizzlies. When we played Boston in Memphis, I know we, that Boston was without Tatum, but we had gone through a stretch of games before that where we had struggled against good defenses. But that was the game where the starters really started clicking on offense. But now they're over here setting record-setting paces, shooting threes, passes, things such as that. Just from these last few games where you've seen the Grizzlies play some Eastern Conference foes, what's standing out to you about how well they're playing? Oh, well, I think first and foremost, it's the by-committee approach that's really been standing out. Um, Just looking at the stat sheet, there's guys across the board scoring double digits you have five six seven eight guys scoring multiple scoring double digits um and it's not just the starting lineup it's the bench um it shows that this team is its strength is its numbers its depth um and that's really what stood out to me most so far No, yeah, I completely agree. The numbers certainly do suggest it, but it's the different type of numbers that stand out. Basically, teams are preventing us from, you know, capitalizing in the paint, which we've become so well at doing. But now you've got different people stepping up in the starting lineups. You've got Grayson Allen and you've got um, Dylan Brooks, who have scored 28 points two games ago for Brooks, 30 points last night for Grayson Allen. You know, when it comes to this Grizzlies team, you mentioned, we'll get to the starters in a second, but you mentioned the bench. You wrote a piece on Brandon Clark. Um, back, you know, towards the beginning of the year that he needed more touches. Well, he's getting the touches that he had last year. And despite the struggle, not only is he back to where he was last year offensively, but he's getting better defensively as well. And just in general, with Melton and Bain and, and Clark, 
a bench that did so well in the 1920 season is right back to being the, the at times the dominant force that it can be. Just how much confidence does that bring to a team when it's their bench that's being just as productive as their starters? Well, I think it's it's it means a lot. I mean, it's it's obviously conducive to winning. Um, there's been times where the starters have struggled to score, um, and there's there's been times where the bench has outscored the starters and, and they've needed, they've needed those points to get wins. Um, I mean, this Grizzlies team wouldn't be over 500 probably if not for the bench. Um, They deserve a ton of credit for this team's success. And if they want any shot of making any sort of upset run in the playoffs or stealing a few games in the first round, they're going to need some, consistent firepower from the bench and from beyond the arc as well. Yeah, I agree. And that's what, you know, when the Grizzlies players and when their coaching staff talks about playing a complete 48 minutes, that's the other part of it, right? It's, you know, yes, obviously putting the effort there, but it's the fact that they now have confidence that the different units that they deploy, whether it be their starting unit or whatever variation of lineups they use off the bench, it's going to be successful. But Jesse, getting back to the starting lineup, you know, everybody seems to be finding their role. And it's not just Jaw having to score 30 points a night. It is everybody stepping up, but you've got Kyle, who's being an across-the-board contributor, Jonas's double-double machine, Brooks stamping up his you know, secondary scoring, it being a secondary scoring option, and Allen shooting the three. Everybody getting into a defined role, though our depth is great. It seems like everybody knowing exactly what they're supposed to do and be willing to do it is another big aspect of our recent success. Of course, yeah. It's great to see. Um, I think Dylan Brooks says played maybe his best basketball all season this past few weeks he's been remarkably efficient and I don't I think he's done a good job of not really forcing the issue I haven't seen um the Dylan Brooks that we all get annoyed at sometimes the one who forces shots I don't think I've seen much of him as of late no completely agree and and you know I don't know how sustainable this type of play is, you know, it certainly is nice to see it go for three or four games, but you bring up a great point, you know, with a lot of these players, you know, we've talked about the starting two guard, two guard position should Melton start over Allen. We've talked about with Dylan in the past with his shooting, but the thing is, is that these players are playing so well right now. It's hard to focus just on any one part of their game where you think they may be limited beyond, or you may be frustrated with. It's nice to see everybody kind of expand out but especially this ability to shoot the three. From a guy who covers a lot of the NBA, the Celtics included, just how important is it for the Grizzlies to take that next step? And as Coach Jenkins says, get that balance, that readiness and willingness to shoot the three. This three-point success, how important is it for the Grizzlies to embrace that, to take the next step that they want to, to become a sustainable winner? Well, it's crucial. Um, you've you've touched on it in pieces at GBB um the NBA as you know is obviously shifting towards pace and space and the Grizzlies certainly have the pace part down they're one of the best fast break teams in the league um but if if guys can start I'd like to see more transition threes um honestly um and you could always get more like just keep running driving kicks with jaw um I know that they do that a lot but the more the merrier, um, especially when they're falling like they are right now. Um, 
if if you want to win at a high level in the NBA, you have to shoot the three with some level of right of regularity and consistency. Um, we've seen the the recent championship winners, the Warriors, the Raptors, the Lakers. They all have they've all had deep rosters with full of guys that can shoot the three. Um, not that the Grizzlies are a contender, but if they want to evolve and move in that direction, then they're going to have to round out their roster with three-point shooters and have the guys that are on the roster continue to to hone their shots. Agree completely, and that'll come in time, but it's nice when you've got Melton, Bain, Grayson Allen, Gorgie Dane when he was here, when you've got all these guys who are shooting the three, though you've started to see a jaw and Dylan and others start to improve their three-point shooting. Kyle, get back on track. It's nice to see. You know, we may not be near the top of the league, but we certainly are better than we once were, and it it allows for spurts like this where we're shooting the three well to certainly come through. But with the Grizzlies on the West Coast and being successful, it brings up another point that has been made through the years that's always a fun topic to discuss. And with uh, Jesse's East Coast knowledge when it comes to uh, the NBA, want to get his takes on it. Coming up, we're going to talk with Jesse a bit about the idea of the Grizzlies potentially moving on to the Eastern Conference in the future if expansion were to occur. Wouldn't it be great if there was a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep, focus, act, and be better? There is, and if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations and an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. Overwhelmed, Headspace is a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions. Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with the kids. Its approach to mindfulness can reduce stress and improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. And the great thing about it is it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. You deserve to be happier and Headspace's meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash locked on NBA. That's headspace.com slash locked on NBA for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations. The spring is here, and so if you're someone like me who's probably going to be on the go, vacation, activities, whatever it may be, kids involved, kids not involved, whatever it may be, with the crazy weather that many of us have experienced around the nation, around the world, your car may need some repairs. And if that's the case, I've got the one place for you to go, regardless of your experience level when it comes to repairs, and that's rockauto.com. Whatever parts you need, it's going to be easy to find. Within a few clicks of the button, you should find any part from any make and model that you need. And if you go to headspace.com, no matter your level of experience, you're you're going to find that it's economically feasible. This is a family-owned business that has been around for more than 20 years. They know that car repairs typically fall out of budget, so they're going to try to make it make sense for you. If you go to rockauto.com right now, let them know that the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts that you will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Burkowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So, Jeff, welcome back to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Here with Jesse Sinquini of Grizzly Bear Blues, Celtics blog, and the Knicks wall. Talking a bit about the Grizzlies and their East Coast run. So, right now, Jesse... 
the Grizzlies are in the Western Conference. And, you know, for the past 10 years, you know, through the grit grind era, through the past two years where they're trying to make the playoffs, one thing that's come up, and, you know, you can, you know, if it frustrates you or you think it's a weak argument, whatever it may be, that's fine. The truth is, is that the Grizzlies are closer to the Eastern Conference than they are the Western Conference. And the Western Conference for two decades now has been the more powerful conference. The Grizzlies probably would have had more playoff success had they been in the Eastern Conference over the past few years. That's not the case, but it is what it is. But it's fun to speculate. If the, if the league were to expand, and it made sense to take a team from the Western Conference and put it in the Eastern Conference. Do the Grizzlies not stand out as the team for that to happen with? Like, I think it would make a lot of success for the NBA for the Grizzlies to switch conferences if expansion were to occur. I think they absolutely do. Um, I think there's definitely an argument to be made that the Grizzlies would have been one of the top eight seeds in the East if they were in the conference last year. Um as you know, we, we just missed out on the playoffs last year in the West um, if it wasn't for a red-hot Damian Lillard. Um, but, yeah, I'd like – I know that the NBA has speculated adding a team in places like Las Vegas and maybe bringing a team back to Seattle, both of which I believe would be welcome additions. And if that's the case, why not? Why not add Memphis to the East, a team that used to be in the East back when they were in Vancouver? Um, why not bring them back to their old stomping grounds? Yeah, agreed. And and that's the thing about it. You know, when it comes to the Grizzlies being in the East, you know, I think that it makes some sense. But the other reason why I think it makes some sense is just look at what's going on when it comes to the Southeast right now. You've got Zion with New Orleans, if you consider New Orleans to be a part of the South, I do. You got Zion in New Orleans. You've got Jaw in Memphis. You've got Trey in Atlanta. And you've got um, Lamelo in Charlotte. You know, if you were to need to move one or two teams over, just think about the regional supremacy and rivalries you could get from those young stars being there. And I don't know if you want to make it a South thing, but you got Luka in Dallas too. But, you know, really focus on that Southeast. There are several franchises who have very marketable brands in Trey LaMelo, Jaw, and Zion who are up-and-coming, you know, teams. And so I think a regional rivalry with those guys would make some sense. Don't you agree? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think some of the brightest stars we have in this league are from that area of the country um and should they be in the same division or in the same conference i think we'll see some awesome battles between the young stars for years to come and jesse speaking of that with you know the, the this with those stars being kind of in a regional area you know what are your thoughts in general about you know where jaw compares to the young stars in the nba we're going to get into a bit of a comparison from one of his um uh, uh, draft uh, classmates here in just a second in the third segment but just in terms of these point guards you know unexpectedly the golden age of point guards with Conley and Paul and the rest of them, you know, they're getting, you know, into the latter stages of their careers, but you've got so many young point guards now up and coming. Your thoughts on where Jaw, you know, kind of fits in between all of them and just in general how the future of the NBA looks with these young point guards, both in the East and Western Conference. I think the future has never looked brighter as far as the young stars that we have in this league. I think we've never seen guys who are, 20 21 years old playing at the level that they are right now um even Lamelo Ball who's a teenager and 
you know, already has the makings of a star and is putting up star caliber numbers in Charlotte. Not only that, he's leading them to wins. Um, but I, as far as Ja goes, I think he stacks up with the very best of them. Now, can I say he's definitively better than LaMelo or, or Trey Young? I can't at this point. Um, I'd like to see, as you all know, I mean, I'd like to see him improve his three ball a little bit. Um, and I'd like to see him be a little more aggressive as a scorer. I know he's a pass first guy, but a common criticism of him has been to be more aggressive and take take on that that scorer's mentality more often. And and I think that's a rightful um, criticism. Um, No, I agree. And the biggest critic when it comes to his aggressiveness is Jaw. And that's not meant to be a negative. It's it's not saying that he take plays off that he takes plays off or things like that. I don't think anybody's ever going to question that about Jaw. But it's just always having the mentality to trust his instinct and his intelligence to push the envelope and make the most of what he's got in front of him. And when he's doing that, that's when this Grizzlies team a lot of times is playing their best. But the thing about it is this: is that I don't think that at the first of the year. Many would have thought that at a time when the Grizzlies were playing their best basketball, going into the New York, they would be facing a team that kind of is a pretty good competitor now, a team that's one of the more surprising teams in the league this year in the New York Knicks. The Grizzlies play them tomorrow night, and that is one of the teams that Jesse has extensive knowledge of from where he covers basketball. Coming up, we'll talk a bit about the matchup with the New York Knicks, plus the fun conversation when it comes to John Morant and R.J. Barrett. If you are someone that loves wagering and betting on sports, I've got the one place that has you covered and the one place that you will always be able to trust, and that is BetOnline.ag. Regardless of the sport that you love or the athletes that you enjoy watching play, BetOnline has you covered no matter what college basketball, college football, football, when those sports are in session, or right now with the NBA hockey and MLB baseball. But when it comes to this opportunity, there also is awards, TV shows, and reality TV odds out there. Real-time updated odds and props on anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website and use your mobile device and use the promo code LOCKEDON to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. Again, use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 50% bonus when you sign up. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Jesse, I know that, uh, you know, again, your allegiances lie with the Celtics, and I know that you become a big fan of the Grizzlies, but you also cover the Knicks, and they're a fun team to cover this year with Tom Thibodeau there. Uh, a mixture of different things. Uh, defense is the name of the game when it comes to any Tibbs team, but they're getting some young, youthful interjection or injections of energy with Emmanuel Quickly, um, the, the, the resurgence of Julius Randle's career. What stood out to you the most as being the secret to their success this year? Um, well, like you said, this team hangs their hat on the de- defensive end. And um, I think the transformation they've the team has had defensively from the year prior has been nothing short of remarkable. Um, this team is first in the league in points allowed, first in the league in three-point opponent three-point percentage, first in the league in opponent field goal percentage. Um, they just 
they they give nothing easy. Um, they work their butts off. They they compete for all forty eight minutes. Tom Thibodeau won't play you if you don't compete on the defensive end. It's as simple as that. And guys have learned that the hard way at points, but it's paid off overall. Um, he's really changed the culture there. Um, even Julius Randle, who was never a, much of known as a defender, um, he's really improved leaps and bounds at, on that end this season. Um, and it's been wonderful to see i mean guys like rj barrett as well as improved just guys across the board are really um just embracing that defense first identity and i think it's going to pay off if should this team make the postseason i think they're going to make things interesting against a against a top seeded team i'm not saying they're going to win but i think this team has the the tools necessary to make things interesting yeah, and it seems like that you know you put it you put it very very straightforward, but very very effectively is that you're not going to be a part of Tom Thibodeau's rotation unless you play defense. And and I'm not saying that that's as, that's how drastic it is with Taylor Jenkins, but it the overall point goes into that for a couple of teams that don't have just clear defensive stalwarts on them, what's worked out is the overall roster buying into the idea of playing defense. And one of the guys that has done that for the Knicks this year is R.J. Barrett, who has become more of a two-way player. I believe I saw a statistic yesterday over his past 40 games, 63 of like 119 or something like that from three. He's become kind of a three and D wing, maybe not to a level of, you know, being an all-star on either end, but it's certainly stepped forward. Now, the conversation comes into play, well, where does he compare to Jaw? Now, I don't think there's any question that Jaw was the clear number two pick, but I do think that R.J. Barrett this year has picked up the validation that he clearly was the third best talent in last year's draft, and he's starting to play to it more consistently. From a guy who's got a firsthand view of that, your thoughts on R.J. Barrett and how much of a threat he's become to the opposition? Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think this kid is on his way. I think all-star appearances are, you know, in the cards for this kid. Um, maybe as soon as next year. Um, it wasn't too long ago when he was shooting 18, 18% from three, it was back in January. Now he's up to almost 37%. Um, just remarkable improvement. Um, he's in, he's looked like a completely different player since the beginning of the year when he kind of struggled to find his confidence. Um, and he's really taken on that 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 offensive leadership role along with him and uh, Julius Randle. They've really shouldered uh, the scoring load uh, for the Knicks this year. And he's coming off a fantastic performance in Boston, 29 points, um, 9 for 13 shooting, I believe, uh, 5 for 5 from deep. Um, he's, he's getting to the line consistently. He's... He's scoring threes off the off the dribble and catch and shoot. He's just showing up. Not to mention he's he has his mid ranger going. Uh, he can attack the basket. He's just kind of showing off the the whole the whole repertoire, and he's really developing into one of the one of the upper echelon offensive players. And the thing about it is this: is that the one thing that you know, is there for the Knicks. You know, I like to throw out the two E words a lot, effectiveness and efficiency. This defense is certainly being effective. You know, number one in the league, as you mentioned, in, in, in you know, opponents' points per game. But the other thing that I think kind of is slept on a bit about this, you know, um, 
Knicks team is that they do have Julius Randle kind of, you know, to dominate the paint at times, you know, with his game. He can shoot the three, but they quietly are now a top 10 team shooting the three. 38% from the from beyond the arc on this season as a top 10 team. So it really seems like that for the Grizzlies, they're going to have to be able to take care of the basketball, use their passing to be able to open up some shots, but they're also going to have to defend the three will against the Knicks. Is that kind of the formula that leads to success? Is it being efficient with the basketball if you're a team opposing the Knicks? Plus also you're going to have to make your own threes because you know the Knicks are likely going to make theirs? Um, The, the Knicks, while they're shooting a decent percentage, they don't take a whole, whole lot of threes. Um, So I wouldn't say that defending the three is the number one priority for Memphis. Um, I would say more so just to, to make open shots when you, when you have them move the ball and make open shots when they're there. Um, Because this, this Knicks team is, I mean, you're going to have to work for every open shot. Um, Like I said, nothing's going to come easy. Um, And just, just, just try to, um, if you can make more threes than the Knicks, you'll have a good chance of winning. And that's the biggest thing that's come to it is that for a team in the Grizzlies who entered the month of March, who through the month of March, basically were allowing for teams to make four more threes per game than they were, I believe right now they are making nearly four more games per three than their opposition is in April. And so you see how much of a difference that it makes. You know, I believe three games under 500, you know, in the month of March, now 4-0 to start the month of April. It's surprising how much more success you can have when you're the one making more threes than your opponent. But Jesse, it's been a pleasure having you. I want to ask real quickly before we, you know, head out after this edition of Locked on Grizzlies podcast, where can people find your work? Again, I mentioned Nick's Wall, Celtics Blog, grizzly bear blues but where can people find your work and do you have any big projects coming up here as we enter the stretch run of the nba uh so you can follow me on twitter at cinquini jesse so that's c-i-n-q-u-i-n-i-j-e-s-s-e and um i'm in the middle of working on finals for school so I guess I can't say I have any huge projects going on at the moment, but I will be. Jesse, I don't mean to interrupt you. Basketball blogging takes the preference over school finals. That's that, that that's how this works. You can't be sitting here. You can't be sitting here giving up on basketball blogging over school finals. That is the order of priority. Okay, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> You're right. I'll, I'll be done with school in a few weeks. Um, but but yeah, I'll definitely be back on it soon. I'll be. I'll still be writing, just maybe not as frequently. Um, but yeah, make sure to follow me on Twitter if you want Knicks, Celtics, and Grizzlies coverage. I think what Jesse is is that he's just another reminder of how awesome it is to see the young minds, young riders. You get it over at GBB. You get it on the Locked On Podcast Network. You get it all across the NBA. This new generation of young minds, and Jesse stands out because of how awesome he is statistically, as well as looking at the perspective of different teams. It's really fun to watch. So follow Jesse. He also is a big supporter of his fellow riders, and that makes all the difference in the world as well. A great guy. That's why we had a pleasure of having him on. Jesse, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Thank you so much, Sean. It's an honor to be on here. 
Hey, I appreciate it. Stick with us for just a second, though, after the show so we can wrap up. But, of course, again, you can find Jesse at Cinquini Jesse, and it's C-I-N-Q-U-I-N-I-J-E-S-S-E, right? Correct. I, yeah, I'm typically not that correct in life, but I'll take that and, and tip my hat to myself. All joking aside, it's been a pleasure to have Jesse. You can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats SAC. You can find the podcast wherever it's available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app, Spotify, Stitcher. I've, I've said them all. Wherever you get your podcasts, that's where you're going to find myself, Jesse, other guests, and other shows of Locked on Grizzlies. For Jesse Sinquini, my name is Sean Coleman. We'll talk to you again soon. Tomorrow we'll have Drew Hill of the Daily Memphian to look at the Grizzlies start to April in their stretch run. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great Thursday. This is the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.